Hello and welcome to the Falcon A Footy Podcast. My name is Clarky, and joining me once again, I've got Jesse. I've had a nap and I'm full of Halloween candy. Let's go. Christopherson. It really threw me off. I just wasn't expecting that. Clarky, that's not his name. That's not his name, Clarky. Are you okay? Well, Chris is short for something. Chris Anthony. Chris Anthony. <laughs> Crystal Man. That's the one. There it is. That's the one. We did it. They found it. Boys, how are we doing in this week that was? We've got we've got quite a few things lined up to talk about this week. I'm gonna hijack the show for a, a quick moment to to bring you a, a blast from the past. So listeners would obviously know that I'm a world renowned podcaster and I've done many a show. On the old show I used to do, Story Mode. A video game podcast or something along the, the storyboard podcast. That's what we renamed it. Um, I used to have a, a mystery drink on a lot of episodes. Okay, so I would go to different different marts and I would buy a lot of drinks that you can't buy in Australia. And I'd test them out in the show. It was a great show. Um, I have Bilson's Mystery Vodka. Ooh. It's actually called Mystery. It's yeah. Mystery flavor. I, I haven't had Bilson. this before. Ha- have either of you had the Mystery? Well, Bilson's is fantastic. But have either of you had the mystery flavor? No. I haven't had the mystery one. I have seen it advertised a lot, but I haven't had the mystery Can I have a sip? Um, it tastes like the end of the night playing King's Cup. <laughs> <laughs> it's like poorly made punch. I know, you know what it tastes like? Um, uh, red Fanta and vodka, which, I mean, it is vodka, so it could just be red Fanta and vodka. Yeah, it's pretty much just anything with vodka, right? Like, I'm gonna give it a six out of ten. Two two things. I think you'd really like the Twister flavor. Very good. Very refreshing. Yes, I I, I I'm a big fan. Um, I bought a also, bottle of that I've, myself. I've seen you drink some of the worst King's Cups over the last twelve years. I know, right? I know. It's been rough, but uh, look, we've we've all changed. Okay, have you? Some of us have got better. I've, I've got a brainstorm, boys. Mm. Do we formulate a plan? Bilsons, sponsor mm. the Falcon. Call us, baby. We love you. I think they'll sponsor us in the way that they will not stop us buying their product. <laughs> I think that's, that's as far as that. <laughs> Please buy our product, but don't necessarily tell anyone that you drink it specifically. We heard about the Golden Circle. <laughs> that is true. Look, if a podcast, if a football podcast is going to get a Bilson sponsorship, it should be the footy with Broden Kelly, because then they can say bounce that, bounce that Bilson. No, they've already got nippies. They can have so two. They took, they took nippies off the market, yeah, so which means we get advertising us, so not stupid. someone else. Oh, um, uh, Bilson's, mmm, better than a 6 out of 10. <laughs> there you go. Cut, print it. I'll be in my trailer. Yeah. For those of you playing at home, Bilson's is basically just bougie cordial. They sell, like, cordial varieties, and they also sell alcoholic premixes. And they release seven new flavors a fucking yeah. day. You know, you open up Instagram, yeah. it's like, oh, it's good, ridiculous. new chicken parmesan <laughs> flavor. Fantastic. I'll try that. Calm down, Bilson. Sponsor They've also just started doing gin as well, I believe. Yes, they gin mixes, they do vodka, they do other things. It's just sugar Bilson. water. Call us. Baby. <laughs> so I think we should cover off the week that was. Now, Jesse, I know you uh, You want to speak about this one a bit. So, And I, I have some thoughts. Uh, 
About the Melbourne Football Club. Clarkson, your coach is a fucking loose unit. <laughs> and they put a microphone in front of him. And as a loose unit who sometimes has a microphone in front of me, I know that can sometimes result in some bad things. He just It's a problem when their mic is attached to them, SEN. He just went off. He's not talking to Joel Smith. He's he's losing the plot. Like as actually, before we get to you, Clarky, mm. Chris, as a fan of the beautiful game that is AFL, how did you feel hearing this man just butcher his career? So I was on the train on the way into work, and I was just not expecting to see him just do a tell-all interview at seven o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday. It was just, it was odd. It was very odd. Chris, I like how you, you led in with where you were. Like I asked you where you were on <laughs> That's how it felt. I'm sure that's how it felt for Clayton Oliver and Joel Smith. Yeah, especially for Joel Smith. Joel, well, who knows? Nobody's asked Joel Smith because nobody's talking to him. <laughs> Clarky, your, your club coming apart at the seams, Okay. How does it feel? I'm I'm already so tired of hearing about it. It feel like it feels at this point that Melbourne has been picked out of the fucking media bowl to go, huh? Yeah, let's just do whatever we can to to talk about Melbourne. Um, also, you do you do realize that this is your coach that did this, not the media. SEM put the microphone in front of him. <laughs> no, it's it's a mixture of it's a mixture it's a mixture of both. It no, it's and like and that's the thing, and I think that's what's really immature about people who are going to pick out these certain things, right? Simon Goodwin, he even in coaches reviews like post game, he's not exactly a super talkative guy. And I think this is a perfect example of why he's not. Like, the way that he talks, he seems like someone who thinks quite heavily about what he's trying to say before he says it. Oof. This interview and his comments specifically about Joel Smith as well, they came at a terrible time where- Seven o'clock in the morning. Gary Pert- <laughs> He had just gone to sleep. Yeah. But Gary Pert released a statement- <laughs> Gary Pert released a statement literally the day before about the Clayton Oliver stuff, the Joel Smith stuff, and the Simon Goodwin stuff, which has been the three big picking points- that people want to go, oh, Melbourne's falling apart at the scenes because three things happened over the course of five years. <laughs> it's in level of engagement that SEN wants and then that kind of thing. I'm not saying that Joel Smith hasn't done anything wrong or Simon Goodwin isn't a fuckwit or anything like that, but I'm just like, as a supporter, I'm genuinely fucking tired of listening to it and having people go, isn't your club falling apart? It's like, no, Simon Goodwin is a head coach who found out that one of his players was, you know, has tested positive to an illicit substance during an AFL season, I think it's perfectly reasonable for him to just be real as a coach and go, yeah, I'm a little bit annoyed about that. Being annoyed is one thing. Right? Like, it doesn't mean that they're not supporting him. Not talking to him was it, a bit of a weird line. That's the thing. I'm not going to sit here and say that he said the right thing or anything like that, but I'm just like... I'm going to edit it so he says that he did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do do what you need to do, but genuinely, like, and it's it's this, on the same level as the Clayton Oliver stuff, where it's like, what else do you want him to say, right? Like, we've made like Melbourne have made the media statements. They've come out and talked about it before, and go, yep, we'll support him however he needs to be supported. At the moment, he's suspended from the club. It's the same with the Clayton Oliver stuff, where it's like he's going through personal problems, and 
you know, there's this constant media fervor to go, well, no, no, give us the specific details about Clayton Oliver's personal issues or what's going to happen to Joel Smith. Melbourne don't even know what's going to happen to Joel Smith because it's all up to the drug testing and the AFL to determine that. And I tell you what, as an F supporter, I don't, they don't even need a fucking, they don't even need, <laughs> need a positive sample these days. You know what I mean? Come join me. I'll, I'll tell you some stories. I'm, I'm going to make three points here. The Clayton Oliver stuff, yeah, look, that's a separate thing. That's He's going through some personal stuff. That's off the table. Secondly, uh, Goodwin, like you said, he doesn't really talk much after a game. My advice to him was, would have been to continue that. He didn't need to say anything. Yeah. He chose to, and then just went... Gary Pert was there. The wrong things, okay. Um, third, over the last... What's this, episode five, episode six? Of the Falcon of yeah. Food podcast on, on Spotify and, and iTunes. Um, I've copped a lot of shit as, as an Essence supporter. A lot of... Rightfully I've copped so. some strays, okay? So if I see if I see weakness in Melbourne or Western Bulldogs, I will come for you. Now, to be fair, Chris scares me. So, Clarky, I'm sorry. <laughs> but Melbourne's my target right now, okay? Chris... Chris scares you. Chris scares me. I, I, I can't talk shit about doggies to Chris because he gets so angry towards me. And then he's like, remember that time we kicked 18 goals? Yes, Chris, I do remember that time we kicked 18 goals yeah. in a row against us. I can't forget it. That's why I'm going bald. That's why plan. I'm sad. I'm going to bend you in for it like this, Chris. I think the whole, the whole tiredness from me as a supporter, and I, I feel this way about any incident that happens with sort of any player like across any club it's just there's like this weird segment of afl fans right and and they're probably like the most vocal or the most noticeable where it's just like what is in your brain that's just like no 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 we need every specific detail of a player of a player's personal life or what they're going through or what's exactly going to happen now or one bad thing means a bad thing forever. Like it's just well, the me- the, me- the media it's is just fucked, exhausting. But also, your coach needs to know. Th- your coach should know that, and probably not give them more to go on because he just he absolutely threw chum in the water. That's the thing, and it shows it it shows a lot of immaturity on Melbourne's part dealing with that kind of stuff. Because um, my my fellow co-host of the Footy Mailbag, uh, Damo, and I talk, and he he said something which I definitely agree with which was that melbourne as a whole should have just shut up like everything like yeah you know what clayton oliver rumors absolutely not true you know why because they were batshit insane like they did enough by going he's got some personal issues but he's okay joel smith stuff pretty clear cut an external body found test result the simon goodwin stuff is from pre us winning a premiership where we already knew he was going to be showing the door if he wasn't able to produce results anyway so i don't know i'm tired i'm tired my man i'm going to give you i'm going to give you the easiest segue here well your afl team's shit but your aflw team's doing fantastic the the demonettes have won us a million dollars can can you explain how a million a million smackaroos because i'm confused I'm confused how. So, Chris, the McClellan Trophy is awarded to the club that has the most aggregated points between its oh, AFLM and AFLW okay. team. Fair enough. I thought it was the... Yeah. The Melbourne women have yeah. sc- have scored a million points and have like 260% at the moment, even though we're on top of the ladder and we're still, I think we're level with Adelaide at the moment um, for first and second. But yeah. 
Let's have AFLW, because Melbourne's doing well, Essendon's doing well, and, and Western Bulldogs aren't. You just want to talk I about Essendon. They're so good. Two years in. Are you fucking kidding me? We, we're going to be in the top four. Fuck Gold Coast. Fuck West Coast as well. I can't believe they beat us. But sorry, you have the floor. I'm, I'll, I'll get there. I'll get there. You have, you have. No, no. You have the floor. It's been so long <laughs> since I've been happy about football. It's been so long. Okay. I couldn't buy alcohol back when I was happy, excited about football. That's how long it's been. Okay. I was too young. Jesse, tell, tell me about your experience with the, the Essendon women's team this year. Bonnie, too good. Bonnie Absolute jet. Love is it. too good. Actually, I, I, I want to look. Bonnie, too good. Uh, a gun. Uh, Presbarkus is an absolute jet. But my first favorite AFLW player retired this week, and I'm kind of heartbroken. It's Jess Wushner. I don't know what yep. it is, but it's the first um, Essendon AFLW game that I watched. Um, and I just, she played a really good game and just stood out. And I've kind of been following her career and stuff like that. She came over from, I think it was Brisbane or something like that. Probably didn't reach the height she, she hit at Brisbane, but she seemed really consistent. You know, you just, there's just a, a player on your team you, just, you like instantly. It was Jess. Yeah. She, yeah, she's retiring this week. She put out the video, you know, club put the video of her retiring and stuff like that. Absolutely broke me. So Jess, friend of the show, thumbs up, you're a gun. Aside from that, I think the Essendon AFLW team has brought back a sense of pride in Essendon that I don't think people have felt for a little bit because it's been a it's been a rough few decades for the for the AFLM. But having games at, at Windhill, beating Carlton, it it's just been good. We are better than we should be at this point, which is such a weird feeling for us to actually be ahead of expectations because that just doesn't happen. If we win on the weekend and we finish top four, I am going to be absolutely ecstatic. I I, I could not Didn't be happy. Didn't you guys start the dogs. season quite slow as well? You had a few losses early from memory. I think we won the f- uh, top of my head. Okay. We started okay, but then had a dip. Uh, but we seem to be over that dip and he- actually in form heading into the final. It- it's annoying how short the seasons are, but we'll get to that. Chris, how, how are you feeling about the, I mean, uh, the doggies? Well, you already won a premiership a few years ago, so... I feel about them the same way as I feel about the men's team. We've won a premiership in the last 10 years, so we'll take that. Damn it. That was, that was a really well-considered answer. Oh, it's been a disappointing season, especially that we're lower on the ladder than West Coast, who have been... Yeah. Um, How the mighty have fallen. Hey, you won which, last week. Yeah, was against West Coast, <laughs> so it wasn't, wasn't much of a win. Um, hey, they beat us. Yeah, it's been a disappointing season. Um, pretty much the only good player, as usual, every season is Ali Blackburn. She just she's jet dominates every week, but there hasn't really been anyone to support her. We've had some unfortunate injuries as well, but yeah, been good to see. Um, Izzy Grant continue to grow. She kicked her first goal this season. Um, so yeah, there's been some positives, but for the most part, it's been a shitty season. I think it's um it's very telling that the last few seasons have kind of really had three standout teams, yeah. right? I would say Melbourne, Adelaide, and Brisbane, Brisbane are probably the teams to beat. Seeing Kangaroos in third spot at the moment and seeing the way they play, like if you guys watch the round nine game, the Adelaide Kangaroos game, brilliant, like brilliant game. Came down to the last minute and a half where 
um, Adelaide kick a goal to get three points ahead, and then North just constantly attacking to try and get those last three points back, and unfortunately couldn't get across the line. Um, and there was a mixture of just some skill errors on the on the ruse side, but also I think a missed call right near the end where uh, I believe uh, Jasmine Garner was going for a mark, and basically just got pulled out of you know her marking sort of position by an Adelaide player. But hey, look. The game's over, so what are you going to do? And I think, yeah, it's seeing that five to even... So that third spot all the way down to 10th spot, all of those teams have a chance to be in the eight, crazy, really, or to play finals after next week. So because between Kangaroos, Brisbane and Essendon on 24 points, Gold Coast on 22, Geelong, Sydney, St. Kilda and Collingwood on 20 points. So there's a lot of results... They can go, they can zig or zag to really round out that top eight. Just with the kangaroos, I do, kangaroos have actually been one of my favorite stories of the year because uh, a good friend of Chris and mine um, is a mad kangaroo supporter. And seeing her daughter, who's just a few years old, getting really hype for the kangaroos AFLW team has been one of my favorite st- things of this year. There's a level of tribalism that's sort of starting to emerge for AFLW. I mean, they're still the same amount of dickheads, right? But their voices are getting quieter, and that's that's what's that's what's good, right? I feel like those people who are just like women sport, blah, blah, they're getting to the point where they're realizing they've lost that battle. They were always Ooh, going to, but I think low they're scoring. <laughs> yeah, who cares that it's low scoring, bro? Yeah, the the skill level has noticeably gone up as the skill. Yeah, the skill level is amazing. As like more and more money gets put into the league and stuff like that, it, it's been good. And I think also just, I mean, just going back to Essendon, like us playing at like Windy Hill and stuff, it's just good vibes. I I, f- I found this AFLW season just to be good vibes. Yeah, and I think it's interesting to um to see those good vibes continue. Sorry to sorry to cut you off there, but to see those good vibes continue while still centering the fixture and the games around community. Like that, I think that's what I like the most about the AFLW is that it's not about filling out the MCG with like twenty thousand people. It's you know, it's about getting these grounds and giving them life and giving families and people a place to go and just have fun at the footy. We mentioned crowd sizes. You know what teams are bringing in crowds? Sydney. Sydney's yeah. killing. It. I think Sydney's going to be like we mentioned before, Brisbane. Um, Melbourne and Adelaide as being like the dominant three. I think Sydney will be in that group pretty soon. And again, just riding yeah. the wave of like this community support that they're getting because watching their games and seeing this, their supporters go ham. It's kind of intimidating. It would be fun. Some good players as well. Them. Laura Gardner having a huge season. And they brought in Chloe Malloy, who's a hell of a player as well. Yeah, Sydney have a really good, good list. Yeah, 100% for me. I'd, I, I, tried when it first kicked off i watched most of the first season and then i think the second season i kind of mainly just watched bulldogs games here and there and then i really dropped off and it was like it was purely the skill level was what turned me off um i just yeah it just didn't interest me it wasn't that i was against women's sport or anything like that. It just did. I found myself watching it and just not being interested. Um, And this season it's been complete opposite. I've 
Like it wasn't like at the start of the season I sat down and was like, I'm going to really give it a chance to get into it. I just, when it started, I was like, oh yeah, I'll watch one of the games. I watched it. I was like, holy crap. The skill level is so much better than what it was. Like this is legitimately exciting and entertaining. Um, and there's been, I've watched most games this season. Um, generally I'll kind of watch the Friday night game, a couple games throughout Saturday. Um, and then one or two on Sunday and it's, yeah, it's legitimately exciting almost every game, except for the ones that are blowouts. It's a little bit of like the same with AFLM as well. It's the same. It's a blowout game and you're kind of just like, eh. But um, no, it's been very exciting and skill level's much better and I found it much easier to kind of be able to follow those good players and then kind of their names stick out and like, oh, wow, she's really good. Um, and I also got into AFLW Fantasy this year, which was good as well. Yes. I'm garbage at it, but... Like, I think with AFLM, when I started getting to Supercoach, my interest and love for the game skyrocketed, and I'm hoping over the next few years I'll see that with, with W as well. It's the best way to start learning who players are, right? Because it's it's always really hard to think of players outside of your own team. And I'm definitely, for me, AFLW, I've been following for maybe the last, I want to say, like four seasons. Um, but I'm definitely someone who is guilty of, just because I am time poor, um, only really watching Melbourne games and maybe catching bits and pieces here and there. Like, you know, I'll kind of, you know, the Adelaide North Melbourne game was just kind of something that I had on while I was doing other stuff. And then I was like, oh crap, that's actually like real, this is real arm wrestle. Like, hang on a second. And then you start watching it more than you're doing the thing that you're doing. So I think it's, I think it's unfair to sort of say that, you know, necessarily it was all based around the skill level, but I think we can definitely see that now that we've got all 18 teams, now that the AFL is starting to try and give it a little bit more of its own platform, which they wanna, are and they aren't. Like, they've definitely... I don't want to use the word try. They're doing it, but they're not trying very hard. Yeah, like they're doing the bare minimum, right? But they're still in the sense of they've given them a competition space that isn't in the middle of, like, fucking summer. Right, like I've been to a game at Casey Fields that was like a forty degree day, and there is no shade there. I, like it's it's a tough day. I agree with that, but I think starting the season during the finals was yeah. a massive mistake. Oh yeah, and let's not like I'm not ne- even clued up or knowledgeable enough to start getting into the the KPI they had for crowd sizes to have an extended season. For season nine, I'm not I'm not nece- necessarily at all the knowledgeable person to go that. But I know um, Marnie Vinyl has written a piece about the how the AFLW will fall short of the that crowd figure, um, and purely they need I think like over a hundred thousand attendees over the next round in venues that combined can't support that kind of capacity. But it's like maybe stop you know changing the grounds or making them play at like shittier grounds. If the AFL put effort into the AFLW, it, it would explode. But they they are doing the bare minimum and still making the AFLW league like push along on its own. I don't know how they've done it. But there's so much yeah. shit that goes against. Like remember how the fixture wasn't announced like three weeks before the season started? It's It's been... Yeah. So frustrating to watch because, like, I want to talk about the Matildas because, of course, I want to talk about the Tillies because they're fucking great. I feel like after they 
absolutely won every Australian's heart during the World Cup. The support for women's sport has some real momentum. And I was hoping the AFL would be smart enough to really ride that wave. And I know they were like, oh, we're against soccer, we're football, blah, 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 blah. But actually ride that wave to help the W. And I feel like AFLW, as a body, did some stuff. But they needed more help from the AFL um, AFL house. And they just didn't get it. I feel like that was a real missed opportunity. I, I definitely know people who have been like, the Tillies played really well. That was so much more fun to watch than I expected. I'm going to give more women's sport a go. Which is fantastic. Like It doesn't really matter what your reasons were for not watching in the past. As long as you're watching it now kind of thing. Did you, I mean, look, I do want to talk about the World Cup really quickly. Did you guys watch, <laughs> did you guys watch the Matildas last week, last week against the Philippines? I did not. 8-0. 8-0. And Mary Fowler is going to be the best football, female footballer on the planet. I'm saying it now. Sam Kerr came second in the Ballon d'Or, or we don't know how to pronounce it. Haley Rose came 19th. Ballon d'Or. Stop saying Ballon d'Or. That's from Lord of the Rings. There is a lot of positive energy right now for female sports. And I really hope just the governing bodies of different sports across Australia use it. I agree. And, and push it properly. Want to move into something colourful, something fun. It is the pride round for week 10 of the AFLW. And teams have released their pride jerseys. And far and away, I think Hawthorne won with their jersey. I'm not going to say far and away. I really like Fremantles. It's simple, but those colours work. I agree with Clarkie. I really like Hawthorne. Um, which, coming into this, I thought that that would be a controversial opinion, but Clarkie agrees, so I'm sticking with it. Address the elephant in the room. It is kind of hard to say rate, like, and dislike some of the pride jerseys, but I think... Uh, the best way I can describe it is that some of the teams put in a little bit more effort than the others. Uh, Hawthorne, uh, that kid who went to 12, was immediately in the library day one of the assignment uh, and then comes with a full PowerPoint presentation, Power BI charts uh, and everything. And you're just like, oh my God, I have to go after this person. Um, because look, for, for those of you, go go look it up if you can. We'll wait. It's a rainbow hawk, baby. You know what I like about it? Just with the colours and the way it's done, it almost looks like a cross between uh, a pride round Guernsey and a uh, mm. uh, Dreamtown Jersey, um, Guernsey. Yeah. Okay, how it has that kind of flair to it? I think it, look, it looks really cool. It's been interesting seeing the reaction. I'm a part of like a lot of like Essendon Facebook groups and stuff like that because I'm a piece of shit. Uh, a lot of people making comments about it and it's actually been really really positive and it's been people saying why doesn't like the AFLM teams do more merch like why can't we buy more merch like this you've got like the AFLW jumper and then let's face it some clubs just do really really tokenistic stuff during the AFLM season it's embracing these, these Guernseys look mad I'm, I'm a massive fan of alternate Guernseys uh, the, the sash has it has tradition yeah whatever okay the war is over let's move on okay let's try something new i'm all for having something well, different as long as it's not that fucking gray jumper we wore a few years ago I, I was gonna say i'm a fan of alternate guernseys but i was not a fan of the western bulldogs thor guernsey bring it back play at marvel with a thor guernsey are you kidding me it's the best <laughs> i'm sorry what have you seen the thor google it western bulldog thor guernsey 
Please Google it now. Oh, we're gonna have a live reaction to this. I have not. I'm googling it now. It was when it was they were jumping on the whole Chris Hemsworth bandwagon when he it came out that he was a bulldog supporter. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> that might be the worst one of the worst jumpers I've seen. It's up there with the orange North Melbourne jumper, the orange and white North Ooh, Melbourne jumper. Yes, yeah, oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> oh, like that's that makes me feel yuck. Yeah, <laughs> looking at that. It's not, um, it's not great. Just to jump off. <laughs> it looks like something that you bought off Alibaba <laughs> for like 10 bucks and you're like, I'm going to dress that's, up as Dorf. That's Halloween. what it looks like. You know, there's like Facebook t-shirts and it's like, don't mess with me. I'm a Sagittarius who drives a tractor and my daughter's nine years old. Fuck you. It reminds you of that sort of energy. Like you wrote into an AI. Yeah. It's like, I go for Western Bulldog. I like Thor. Obviously, I'm pretending to be Chris right now. And then this pops up because like, yeah. Just just Chris. quickly on the Pride Guernseys. The other ones that I really like, I really like Essendon's. And I also really like... Um, yeah. I like it as well. I don't really like it, but I do like it. The Port Adelaide one. I don't mind as well. Uh, St. Kilda, honourable mention for me. Um, I really like theirs. It's simple. And St. Kilda and Sydney. Sydney as well. St. Kilda and Sydney do Pride stuff really well because they have a Pride game in the AFLM as well. Uh, it's it's just good. It's solid. They know what they're doing. They're the veterans. Just a segue from the Pride Guernseys, though. Do you guys know who Michael Pryor is? He was the the, the mm. West Coast Eagles AFLW. Oh, coach, that's why the name uh, sounds familiar. Resigned this week. Last yeah, last year you may have known that he came out in a league that is super supportive of Pride Round and has a lot of queer community involved with it. He came out and said, oh, "Do we have to have a Pride Round?" Everyone's like, "Michael, shut the fuck up." Uh, he lost Jesus. all the players at the time. I'm surprised he actually kept coaching, but. West Coast as a whole, they don't know what the fuck they're doing with their coaches, I guess. Uh, last week, he complained about having to play against Melbourne. Because <laughs> like, like, West Coast aren't doing well, but Melbourne's good, so he thinks they, they shouldn't have to play each other. So they fired him, um, which... Good. <laughs> look, he resigned, but he was pushed out the door. But in, in looking it up, I found out that Danny Laidley may be going for the role of West Coast coach. That would be fantastic to see her back in coaching. That, 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 would, that would just yeah. be, again, good vibes. So I'm going to keep an eye on that because um, I think she'd be a great asset for West Coast. It's a shame she's going to West Coast. I'd like to see her you know, coach a good team. But to get her back in the system, awesome. Imagine, okay, imagine just just for a second, right? And we've this is the second coach that we've talked about this game, this podcast. Just, just shut up. Just sometimes, just who prior just stop? Yeah, yeah. Like I can't, like I in my brain, I just can't like understand. At one <laughs> point, he was like, "No, no." This is my audience. Yeah, it's like it's like okay, you have some weird, outdated views. I'm I'm ass- I'm assuming based on your comments. Do you know what league you're involved in here, Chief? Because I don't think you, I think you may have misread this one. Okay, it's just just idiotic, and I feel really bad for the players because you do wonder. I mean, that's what's being said publicly. 
I'm not saying that he said or whatever ending, um, you know, to the players, but he clearly did lose the players. Uh, and I, I do, I, I expect to see West Coast play better without him because having that pressure yeah. on top of the pressures of AFLW, you've got to remember, you know, a lot of these women have like fucking full-time jobs and stuff as well. Uh, you don't need that hanging off. You say, Mark Pryor, ending with the show, I get stuffed. Danny Laidley, I'm announcing <laughs> it now. She's new coach of the West Coast Eagles. Good vibes. Good vibes only. I'll announce it here. Can we continue the good vibes and talk about um, another very, very special woman in the AFLW who, resigned, who, yeah. who retired this week? Erin Phillips. Name a fucking stand after her or name... A, I genuinely think they'll name a medal. I think like the equivalent of like the Brownlow or the Grand Final Day medal or whatever. Uh, the Norm Smith, as some people call it. Uh, what a career. To play for two such unlikable clubs, but still be such a likable person is quite the effort. I've got her stats up. Well, kind of a profile, so when she announced her retirement. Uh, captain of Port Adelaide, Port Adelaide for two years. Uh, Adelaide Crows club champion. AFLW premiership player, three years. Best on ground AFLW grand final. Winning winning the medal that will soon be named after her, I reckon. Uh, best and fairest. All, multiple best and fairest. Multiple All-Australian. Multiple AFLW Players Association, Most Valuable Player, uh, Coaches Award, Leading Goalkeeper, two years for 2018 and 2021, uh, Most Valuable Player again, Goals of the Year, and Co-Captain of the Crows. And along the way, she did her knee as well, didn't she? That's remarkable. That's a remarkable feat to do. Again, knowing that the training facilities that the um, women train at are getting better, but they weren't great when they first started. The support from the league itself hasn't been fantastic. She was somebody who got on, got involved really early on and had to fight for that. That's such a good resume for a player. Um, and I, I think it, it's one of those... She's one of those players that I think people will look back on and be like, the AFLW wouldn't be what it is today without without her. Oh, 100%. When, when I think of the AFLW, she's probably the name that comes to mind. She's just one of those, like, she's in that Hall of Fame, isn't she? Like, Daisy Pierce's of AFLW, right? Jess Bushner put her in there. I definitely agree, though. I think they they need to, and I think they will name (laughs) um, some sort of medal or something after her. Yeah, I I think it'll be like the norm, it'll be the Norm Smith equivalent, I reckon. Because of how well she played in Grand Finals and how many she won, I think that's the right move. I did mention, though, the goal of the year. Can we talk about um, that goal of the year that Wait, the goal of the year or the mark of the year a goal of the year mark of the year mark of the year sorry <laughs> um, we already know what goal of the year is so Courtney Hodder uh, from Adel- uh, from Brisbane against Gold Coast took a mark reminiscent of that famous Nick Rewalt running back with the fly the, fly the ball absolutely no- out of disregard for safety barreled into another player and Sat with it. Fantastic mark. But some Adelaide player, I'm not going to even entertain the name, won the goal of the week nomination after the crowd vote. <laughs> mark of the week. Mark, why do I keep saying goal of the week? It's all the, sh- it's all the sugar. It's from the, it's from the Bilsons. The sugar. People are saying that somebody, a nuffy, if you will, created some sort of like AI, whatever, to continuously vote for this Adelaide player 
Twitter mark of the uh, mark of the week. Have you guys seen the mark that missed out? Yes, I was watching that game live when it happened. Um, and yeah, when when she took the mark, I was like, oh my god, like that was insane. It was Jonathan Brown esque. It was Nick Rewald esque. It was crazy. Um, and yeah, it wasn't until you posted in our our Supercoach chat the a few days later that it hadn't won Mark of the Week that I found out that it hadn't won. I was like, the hell? How is that not won? It was crazy. To be fair, the Eloise Jones Mark was still, still impressive. It was fine. It, it was, was fine. fine. Compared to Hodder's uh, Mark, it was fine at best. That Courtney Hodder Mark is the best, one of the best marks I've seen across AFLW and AFLM over the last few years. That was remarkable. <laughs> I like a good Jesse. tough mark, not necessarily a high mark. Okay, I'm I'm I'm, I'm putting yeah. it up there. Oh, it it should have won. It should have won. How many? Side note: Gold There was here. the the theory that someone had created the AI bot to vote for Eloise Jones. How many times did Eloise Jones win Mark Thanks, of the Week? Thanks, Elon. Or was it Ad- was it just Adelaide players? They won like four weeks in a row or something uh, like that. Yeah, and that's yeah. why people thought eh, this is a, this is a yeah. little bit how you go. I mean, Adelaide, well done, but there you go. <laughs> come on, Eloise Jones has won three Mark of the Weeks. Adelaide are on the fast track to becoming the villains. Of the AFLW. In the same with AFLM, Collingwood's the villains. I think we can all agree on that. The Collingwood AFLW team, I have nothing against them. They have not wronged me in any way, but Adelaide. <laughs> you get your fans, you take away their computers, okay? No more AI bots. No more marks. That's fair. No more, no more computers to South Australia. I said it. Yeah. Remove the one they have from Rundle Mall. <laughs> <laughs> that big right silver pigeon, the computer. Yeah. <laughs> All right. To wrap this one up, now there's only there's still one more week to go. But do we have any big predictions for how this one's going to shake out at the end of the year? Essendon is going to beat Gold Coast. I think we're going to beat them by 22 points. We're going to and we're going to finish in the top four. And we are going to win Essendon's first final in 400 years. Does it count if you go if the AFLW win a final? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. If it, if anything counts more, that Twitter account's gonna have to change its name. Calm down, Clarky. You and your million dollars and I'm just problems. asking the questions because I feel like the AFLW team shouldn't be tarnished by that reputation from its forebearers. You mean? No. Yeah. Well, whatever. Just let us have this, Clarky. <laughs> us or you? Me. Um. In terms of how the season's gonna play Chris? out. Melbourne are the raging favourites for a reason. Um, they're in a good spot. Damn right. I think that... Um, back to back, baby. The team that's a little bit of a smoky for me is Geelong. Some good players who just haven't... Like, they started off the season well, and then they just haven't really been putting it together as of recent. Georgie Prisbarkis, Maddie's sister, is an absolute gun. Um. So, yeah, they're the team that's a little bit of smoky for me. Um, and I also like how Brisbane have been playing as well. But I'd be surprised if if Melbourne choke it. 
Eden Zanka. She'll be the next one to get a medal. <laughs> Put her in the Melbourne forward line. We need her. <laughs> Send Bailey Fritch away. Send him to the Casey. Bring in Eden Zanka. Um, my big prediction okay. is going to be Melbourne Kangaroos Grand Final. Ooh. Okay. I think the Kangaroos have been playing really, really good football this year, and I think they're a team that has just always, since since their first year in the competition, right? They've always had just like that that little bit of dog in them, right? But like in the best way possible, where they were kind of like if if we were taking sides in their early years, North Melbourne yeah. would have been like a villain of the league levels. Is there a week between the last game and the finals? <laughs> Is there a week Great off? question. Who knows? I, the AFL could just change that. But if if there is a like no break, which I could imagine happening, it will be interesting because Melbourne plays Brisbane this weekend. It's going to be a tough game. But Adelaide plays West Coast and Kangaroos play the Doggies and they will be walkovers. You mean we're a walkover? What do you mean? <laughs> like you're the last on the ladder. It's literally the definition of you could step over your team on the ladder. It's the bottom rung. Yeah, we're we're holding up the rest. If you don't know how ladders work. So it looks like some information I've got here says that it's just straight into finals. They're expected to start on the 10th of November. I don't know how accurate this is because I couldn't find anything on the AFL website. Um, Start on the 10th of November and finish by the 3rd of December. Also, while we're talking about the AFL website, I, I have a bone to pick with the AFL app. So you go to the ladder... The, the AFLW, see the ladder, click on right in the middle between 8th and ninth is the big ladder predictor thing. You click on the ladder predictor and it takes you to the AFLM. There is no ladder predictor of the AFLW. There's one on the AFLW website so I'm looking at it now, but yes, uh, yeah. The app just, I got so confused before when I, I went to do the ladder predictor and then it was telling me it was finals week one Melbourne versus Collingwood and I was like, what the hell is happening? How about AFL? Instead of giving Melbourne a million dollars, for nothing. No, no, for no. nothing. No, no, no. Keep it and whoa, whoa, invest whoa, whoa, in your Whoa, 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 whoa. You, you shut your sweet mouth. <laughs> it is sweet. It's, for it's nothing. Kevin and Bilson. Spon- future sponsor of the Falcons. Before we wrap up, can I, I, I want to ask you guys a question. What is something, uh, you know, as, as three three guys who have started to get into more and more into AFLW, what do you want to see the AFL do in order to help kind of promote and really sort of break through to the AFL and crowd more. AFLWX. Bring back the super duper goals. <laughs> Alright. This will Wrap be Chris. This will be this will be Chris's last episode on the Falcon. As we know, referring to AFLX uh, is a bannable offense. We are gonna do a whole episode on AFLX. Bring back the super duper goals. Yes. I think the AFL really needs to work on fixturing and game times to make it even more accessible for people. Put it at better grounds or give clubs money to work on facilities where they're actually going to be playing them. They don't have to be 20,000, 50,000, 100,000 venues, right? Like, they just need to be well-equipped enough to handle people of all walks of life. And I think at the moment, there's just not a lot of grounds, right, that are a whole experience to go to. This is my suggestion. It never happened because it also revol- uh, involved modifying the AFLM. So, I mean, look, the, I was gonna say the, the roster, the, what's it called? The 
No roster. Fixture, thank you. Um, for AFLM, it, it's fucked as well, just in its own way. I would love if for the first 18 rounds, every team plays the other, you know, the other team once, and the AFLW game should be a precursor to each one of those games. That way they all play each other, and, you know, kind of merge as a team. If you get a bit of a crossover between the crowds, I actually, you play them at better ground. I actually agree with the curtain raiser thing. I've always found that, like, I understand that they want them to have their own season. Yay. But I think that the the best way to get people in early and watching it is to have it as a curtain raiser. Like, I remember going to, I remember going to AFL games when I was a kid and the curtain raiser at the time was the VFL. Like, we used to watch the VFL teams play before the AFL teams. Yeah. And, like, bang for your buck, people are going to come in early and do it for a year and I guarantee you some people will be like, hey, I really like this. Okay, the season's changing next year. Cool, I'm there anyway. I, th- I think there just needs to be a year where there's a bit more of a melding just to get a bit more crossover between the clubs. The the only thing that I would say against that, I understand the, the idea, but do you think it in some way devalues the AFLW by implying that they are only worthy of being a curtain raiser? No, I don't think I don't think it devalues them any more than what making them play at suburban grounds is doing now. Yeah, I, I think that that does. Like, if you want, like, people could look at it that way, but it's also we, you've got to accept like AFLW is a smaller league than AFLM. Like that is quite obvious. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I have nothing against the curtain raiser. I went to the rugby <laughs> Pacific World Championship. Don't bring rugby onto the show. Match. On the uh, on the weekend, and the the opening game of that was the Jillaroos versus the the Ferns. <laughs> what are you and, talking um, about? The women's game was on before the men's game, and I would say a hundred percent the women's game was much more entertaining than the men's game, and I think that definitely would have the potential for happening with the AFLW, right? Like the teams are a lot more evenly spaced in terms of skill level, like especially in that mid ground. Like the season is anything to go by. Like, it's only going to get better. I like how my <laughs> roster, what do you think roster, my fixturing idea, got more pushback than last week's pissering idea. <laughs> <laughs> to listen to more about the pissering, Spotify and iTunes. I see no problem with the golden circle. <laughs> anyway, that wraps us up, right? So if you, if you want to hear us again, I don't know why, but. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Falcon Footy Pod. We're uh, Falcon Footy Pod on just about everything. You can also find us individually. Chris is at Lowry underscore 16. Jesse is at Jesse Spanner and I'm at Quantum JC. We're also part of the Story Mode Podcast Network, so you can check out our sister shows, Love Letters, hosted by Jesse. Yeah. What's coming up this week, Jesse? Nothing. I'm taking a week off. I'm very tired. I'm going on a holiday. <laughs> I want to come back. I wish I hadn't. Pro- I wish I hadn't promoted it. Well, you did. Thank you. Uh, well, look, we recorded an episode about Saw um, recently. We have an episode about Saw and an episode about Bluey uh, done recently. But coming up, we're going to have. I think we've got Pokemon Quest, Spider Man Two, and a very, very special episode about Dredge. Very good. And we also uh, another sister show is Dialogue Options. That is a real boys video game podcast. <laughs> Made with two little non-Pinocchio men. I'll be I'll be on there next week, so there'll be one Pinocchio man. Yeah, Jesse is made entirely of wood. Yeah, baby. And with that, we'll see you next week. Kick it. Good jams. Drink Bilsons. See you in the bowl. Hell yeah. <laughs>